welcome to Sitecore Standard Values Podcast. I am your host, Rick Bauer, Director of Customer Transformation at Sitecore. In this podcast, we continually seek to provide deeper insights into the value of Sitecore as a solution to, a biz- to business problems. With regular episodes from me in the U.S. and from my counterpart, Sultan, in the Netherlands, we will alternate to bring you a variety of guests to share their global perspectives and experiences through a rich tapestry of discussion, opinion, and thought experiments. My guest today is Christine Buchlis, lead Sitecore Optimization Consultant at Sagittarius and Sitecore Strategy MVP, and 50% of the regular rave attendees on this podcast episode. Uh, Christine, welcome to Sitecore Standard Values. Uh, Correct me if anything of that is wrong, or tell me a little bit more about yourself. Uh, yeah, no, no, that's all, all correct. Um, yeah, so, yeah, thank you for having me today, Rick. And just FYI, this is the first podcast that I've ever done. Um, oh, okay. It was one of my 2023 goals. So you've helped me tick off one of my 2023 goals. So I love so that. Much. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But, um, yeah, so I'm lead sector optimization consultant at Sagittarius. Uh, so I've worked here for, oh, I think, about two years and nine months now. Um, and I've worked in the Sitecore space for, I think, just over four years now. So, yeah, lots of changes happened, uh, especially in the past kind of 12 to 18 months. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to to kind of talk through uh, some of my experiences and share with some of the listeners of the of the podcast. Wonderful. And for any of my listeners wondering, um, we are enjoying one of my favorite Glaswegian accents. <laughs> so thank you for Thank you for sharing that. It always warms my heart. I was just out uh, in Edinburgh last month, so it's just a favorite place of mine. Anyway, um, I'm really excited to have you join us, and we have a really cool topic today, Um, one that I know is near and dear to your heart. Um, We're going to focus on moving towards composable with a focus specifically on the sustainability perspective. Sustainability is certainly a buzzword that we have heard even more than composable, so let's define it together a bit. Sustainability, or ESG, environmental social governance, is a value measurement that investors use um, in companies because it often equals stability. Uh, It essentially replaces shareholders with stakeholders, um, being employees, customers, and community. So that's that's a surface level. I'd like to have you, if you want to extend on that or agree with that or (laughs) your take on that. Uh, Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree um, wholeheartedly, and I think... Um, for sure at Sagittarius it's something that as an agency and as an organisation so we're currently in the process of kind of going for B Corp so it's definitely something that's kind of super close to our hearts and yeah. as you've mentioned with, with those um, kind of ESG initiatives in, in uh, COP26 which was actually in Glasgow um, but essentially it's, it's something that there's targets specifically set for um, kind of large enterprises and then there's definitely even through to um, kind of larger, small and medium uh, organisations, it's, it's definitely becoming yeah. more and more important to to a lot of your customers. And I think as well from a consumer perspective, I would, I'm more inclined to um, sort of buy or secure services or a product from a company that is, um, that is kind of adopting that mentality and trying to do better for um, for the good of the planet and um, for the good of society, really. Right. So how is that, you brought up Sagittarius, and, and how has that shifted your role and, and the focus on sustainability at the as an agency? Um, yeah, well, it, it's funny because it's a lot of this kind of came off the back of the evolution of Sitecore, right? So with Sagittarius as an agency, um, for anyone that's listening that isn't aware of us, we are sort of pure play Sitecore. Um, and so... 
the fact that we're pure play Sitecore is really great because obviously we are kind of fully invested in Sitecore as a solution. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when we kind of look at the past, say maybe like three years, it was very much sort of XP, XM, PaaS was our, our kind of bread and butter. Right. Um, and then the evolution and the move towards more sort of composable tech and composable solutions, um, not only just moving more towards kind of more modernized tech, but thinking about as well how that actually kind of supports with adopting kind of greener software practices and looking at the kind of impact of technology, the carbon footprint and and the move towards that. So I think sustainability has always been a topic. It's always been something people are thinking about for sure. But I think with the evolution of um, kind of the digital experience space with Sitecore moving more towards composable, what we've really been doing, um, particularly over the past kind of like 12 to 18 months, is really kind of digging into clients' existing tech stack, taking stock of what they've got, how everything integrates, how it all fits together. Um, and then by being able to adopt that almost like bird's eye view, mm-hmm. um, it's actually really kind of started to identify as well where maybe things haven't actually been that efficient or sustainable, not just from being better to the planet, but obviously sustainable for like business practices and stuff as well. So I think it's definitely been um, a a joint evolution with the move towards composable and then starting to be able to kind of identify through that actually the tech stacks and a lot of the kind of processes, systems, solutions that clients are currently using from our side um, aren't necessarily the most sustainable from business perspective or or, or for the planet. So, yeah, yeah, I think that that kind of move has definitely helped um, kind of identify that for sure. And you touched, you know, on... The, the planet factor and but the, it is more than that right i mean yeah. th- that esg acronym is a little much a little heavy for me the one that i love i don't know if you read the uh it was a john elkington book from the 90s it was triple bottom line um basically he's talking about the triple bottom line of a people planet and um profit so the planet i can see things like servers you know like tech is you know we're we are eating up a lot of energy right mm-hmm. uh the people piece, I think, I think in the, in the tech space, mental health has a lot to do. I mean, this is all part of sustainability, right? And so we yeah. don't think about that, which I find fascinating. And then profit. I mean, I, I can look at a couple of things like security, like making sure your IP is secure, making sure your risk is lowered, all these things that fit into that triple, triple bottom line puzzle. Um, it's, it's hard for clients to wrap their head around it. So I guess I would just kind of ask, how are your clients adapting as they enter into this, this world and this thought process? Um, yeah, so I think, and, th- and this is where I think that sustainability, when it comes to looking at the move towards composable, how that can definitely enable better practices from a sustainability perspective anyway, mm-hmm. is by um, the kind of visualization of that. And it definitely helps support the the kind of argument or the case the business case for why you should move towards more composable technology so um, a specific example that happened was towards the tail end of last year and we had we're going through a digital transformation um we have been for like a few years with one of our clients Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the key initiatives for them is around social value and sustainability so that is a massive initiative for them Um, so we were sat in this workshop with all these different stakeholders from all different areas of the business um, and a lot of the stakeholders were less on the kind of digital web tech side of things. They were more um, kind of different areas across the organization. And a lot of things that were coming up were around 
okay, right, so how can we go paperless? How can we uh, move to electric vehicles for our deliveries? How can we improve um, operations from the supply chain perspective to be greener? Um, talking around as well, how can we um, sort of work with local communities from the social value perspective? What campaigns can we run? How can we kind of add value there to the local communities? Yeah. And there was all these different things that were coming up. And I was sat there and I was like, <laughs> at no point has anyone actually mentioned the impact of the website or the technology. So I think often um, it's an education piece because it's it's normally something that people don't really sense check or think about when they think about being more sustainable they think about using less plastic or not using as much paper right. um but the, the, there is that sort of digital and technology impact on um sustainability and it was funny because um there was uh, two of the, the stakeholders were talking around we've got lots of content internally that, that supports like our messaging around social value sustainability and they were talking about how they were really struggling to find that because mm -hmm. they had four different dams and a cms and then I kind of, it just, the penny dropped. It was like a light bulb moment. And I was like, four different dams that have a lot of the same content, the same yep. imagery. That's not very sustainable. So when we actually kind of dug into it, into the detail, we were able to, to calculate and identify what the impact was of those four dams, the duplication of the images, the files, so on and so forth. And then look at, right, okay, well, that move towards Content Hub solution, singular, yep will help reduce that impact, reduce the, the kind of volume, not only support sustainable um, kind of initiatives, but also obviously business value from like time to market, like reuse of content and um, and all of that side of things as well. So, so yeah, so I think it's more around like that education piece of, of one, the actual impact, so the assessment of what is your current tech stack and what is the impact of that on the environment? Yes. And then looking at, Right, okay, so if we move towards more composable architecture and um, solutions, here's here's how we can kind of um, reduce the carbon footprint. Or and, and another thing, and another side of it as well is that social impact. So mm -hmm. the ESG targets that includes around things like upskilling and supporting your people and like your uh, the community and employees. Um, and I think with and this has been a bit of a kind of like fear even for myself with that move towards composable because it's like. I need to completely upskill and reskill myself. So again, right. it's about employers supporting the move towards composable, supporting those kind of initiatives from from a social value perspective as well, about kind of like upskilling and reskilling people um, as well. With kind of we're on the brink of a technology revolution at the moment, right? Like with ChatGPT and AI, um, and it's the the kind of they took our jobs. Like <laughs> it's, about, it's, it's again about that um, that kind of corporate social responsibility element about about kind of helping your staff reskill and upskill right. as well. So, um, so yeah, there's there's lots of different kind of like angles and and elements, but it's mainly around the kind of education piece because even in this day and age, I'm still finding that for people that are less digital or less tech focused, mm -hmm. the impact of the website or their emails or their advertising, like it, 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 it doesn't really quite register what the impact from a sustainability perspective is as well. And, and listening to everything you're saying, it's fascinating to me that solving regular, I'll call it regular, <laughs> just like common business problems like three dams and disconnected systems, by solving those, you're actually making inroads, surprise, you're making inroads into a you know a movement towards a more sustainable works workspace and a more and and therefore 
a company that's more um, stable. And and again, that that ESG isn't it, it really is a, a metric and it's an investment term, right? Yeah. But it is, you know, I, I'm so glad you called out that that people part because it is. It's like, I mean, we run metrics like this all the time on on time saved by being able to just go to one place to find an asset. Yeah. You know, the amount of time that digital marketers spend searching for assets on a weekly weekly basis is insane. And it's just, you know, I mean, three dams, let's, let's, I mean, how about people that just don't even have any sort of asset management and they've got literally like hard drives yeah. <laughs> with folders. I mean, that still exists. So, and, and, and people out there that do have that, you know, shouldn't feel bad. You should just start making that progress. You know, I, I think, I think some people are, are so, they feel like they're so far behind that they can't get, can't catch up. They can. So there is more of a, a business, you know, than, than the basic business. There is a, a win in that sustainability factor. Um, yeah. Are there, you know, again, I, that's, that's a, like I say, that, that one is a barrier to entry, the kind of that, that paralysis. Are you finding that there are common barriers that your customers are having when trying to, you know, be considerate of all things sustainable and, and ESG? Um. Yes, I think, again, it's the, the barrier is around that education piece and, and understanding. So I think it's when you, it's that level of investment, right? That upfront yes. investment. Sure. So it's about evidencing why you should invest. One, from, from a sustainability perspective, for sure, right? Okay, well, if you made them, so that specific example that we gave, there was the four dam solutions. So mm -hmm. if you migrated and moved towards one, Right. and what that would look like and then the calculations on the impact to the environment mm -hmm. and then looking at as well around so that's that's just one element of it right so this this particular client they had four different dam solutions so off the back of that workshop that we had we actually started kind of assessing things and digging into it in more detail so yeah. four different dam solutions so that was a massive impact then when we looked at um the kind of PaaS infrastructure um and kind of storage side of things again looking at the impact of that and then like positioning it with a move towards XM Cloud, for example, something that was a lot more um, kind of like cloud-based as opposed to PaaS. Then looking at things like the email. So they had three different email automation platforms and when we did an assessment on that, there was the same contacts that were sitting across both platforms. Um, so looking at, right, okay, well, the impact of one email, sometimes they were sending the same people emails twice. Um, sometimes they were sending emails to, to dead email addresses. Um, so there was a massive actual impact of just the emails alone. So then again, that assessment of, okay, well, if you might, if you kind of condense it, migrate over to one tool, sick or send, for example, then this is the kind of impact and the, the um, reduction in your kind of carbon footprint just from an email perspective. Um, then looking at things like CDP as well. So they had three different, three different CRMs. Oh, digital transformation was needed here yeah, um, that's like three a, that's different what a CRMs. weird problem <laughs> <laughs> but three different crms again with the same data across all of them and then look at how they centralized that and there was things around um where we looked at as well cdp side of things and their paid yeah. advertising so within cdp you have audience sync which again makes sure they're only retargeting for people that have that are actually have that kind of propensity to purchase um, and looking at the reduction and the kind of savings there. So I think mm -hmm. that upfront investment and the kind of initial move um, towards maybe like a different solution or different technology is about evidencing what it kind of just helps the conversation is evidencing, right, okay, well, here is the actual impact of you, your as is, 
Whereas if you move, here's the, the reduction and the kind of um, benefits that you should see from that. So I think it's just about, again, that education piece. And you can't really argue where you say you're going to say, like, you're saving the planet, basically, if you move towards composable tech. So it's it makes it a really easy conversation, especially at that kind of top level where a lot of the time, sort of C-level or the board, all they really care about is, are these numbers going up or down? That's all, mm-hmm. I, that's all I really care about. So by being able to kind of um, show that, like with stats, um, really, really yeah. does help that conversation for sure. Yeah. So common, and it's it's a it's a vision piece, right? And mm-hmm. and it's it's being able to see, you know, beyond the quarter, <laughs> even yeah. beyond the year. It's yeah. it's a long term gain that that can be made through. And again, it's 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 stability and. If you're looking at growth over time, you want to have systems that are easy. You want to have sustainable systems. You want to be able to move towards something that's more productive over time for all the reasons we've been talking about. Because in a scaling fashion, you imagine you look at some of these larger corporations, you have to start doing like carbon offsets and things like that. So before we even get to worrying about that, let's start to minimize systems. Let's like consolidate and, and, let remove waste and that's where i think you know composability comes into play we're we're removing um wasteful tech that 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 is a you know a common thing and i mean certainly i've never heard of three crms i i hope i hope there is at least one main one and two little ones but again that's that's just kind of kind of crazy but yeah you, you start to get to the point where you know there's there's companies that are so big that it's beyond recovery where they're getting into greenwashing. And that's where you're basically, you know, saying that you're offsetting carbon and things like that. And you're not, and, and you yeah. sound, you sound pretty, you sound yeah. pretty when you, when your marketers tell everything you're doing, but it's not really as, as robust. So that's the far side of that. And that's why I think that there is something that, you know, in the value engineering side that is uh, focused on cost of doing nothing. And that is yeah. a, uh, a, I think, C-suites need to get more comfortable with that metric if they're not already. There is a, a, a not a not a benefit, but a risk of doing mm-hmm. nothing, and a benefit on the opposite side of of making that progress. So, yeah. um, have there been? Have you had you know any su- success stories of ways that you've overcome this, or that you've helped the customers overcome this, and you know just maybe some examples of that? Um. Yeah, so one of the, uh, so in addition to kind of, I think the move towards composable and there's so many, there is so many different benefits, right? Like so Mm -hmm. many across the board. And a lot of the time it does focus on that, that sort of business value. Or it'll be easier, it's easier for teams to use, um, better efficiency, the Quentin Hub example, or it saves time. We can do more automation. So I think that the business value is something that's always kind of really super focused on. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the, the kind of areas and where we do find like kind of it helps the conversation is we kind of start off with bringing it back to the customer because you're an organization without customers buying your products or securing your services. You don't have a, you don't have a business. Right. Right. So looking at how do we kind of tie that back to one, the kind of customer side of things. And then two, how do we kind of overlay that that sustainability element as well? So um, what, what we've, we've been doing for a lot of our clients is and. I think as well, looking at, especially when it's the, I, I'm myself, I'm a very visual person, but I think when it's the C-level, right. you need something visual that's really easy to kind of digest and understand, especially for, 
for people that are less technical, um, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, so we can uh, we, we go through this exercise at Sagittarius where we do a, a customer lifecycle map, and that is it's like it's massive, and it includes every different sort of touch point, both mm-hmm. offline, online, and looking at kind of where they are at and and their their journey and their life cycle. And then over the top of that, we kind of lay over right. Okay, well the current tech, how does that current tech underpin it? Mm-hmm. And then that helps us start to identify. Uh, so one kind of the sustainability side of things. So what is the impact? We can we can do those calculations. Yes. And then as well, looking at what is the limitation of the, the current tech stack versus kind of where we want want to get to, right? Um, so having that sort of visual, really easy to kind of like see. And then you, the amount of, it's like you see the light bulbs going on above their head, and they're like, <laughs> right, okay, I can right, I can see how everything fits together now. Yes. Um, so by having that sort of visual representation of that kind of customer lifecycle underpinned with the kind of current tech and then looking at that assessment of the impact that that has not only just on the customer journey but then also the kind of sustainability element of it as well and um, so we can look at where the gaps are um, in order to kind of underpin and enable that it's all about omni-channel so enable that omni-channel experience but always kind of keeping at the forefront of mind not just the kind of customer and the omni-channel experience and kind of trying to drive more sales and more leads and more conversions but then also yeah. how can we kind of be a lot more sustainable from the tech side of things as well so i think definitely having that visual one look wow light bulb moment easy to see um it, it really does kind of help that conversation so that's that's definitely something that we found really kind of valuable when when kind of trying to get stakeholders bought in and, and understanding and um kind of taking them on that journey love it i mean it's kind of an extra you have the you have the executive summary but then you have the very detailed with that extra layer. I love that yeah. idea of looking at it with that lens. Yeah, definitely. And I think it, it, it's, a, it's really great as well because it helps not just like the top level, but it's definitely com- like composability and trying to be more sustainable. It touches mm-hmm. every single person from like bottom up, like people on the ground right through to that sea level. So I yeah. think by mapping it out in that way in line with the customer lifecycle, it helps them kind of identify within their own individual role where they actually support or touch that from their yes. own kind of perspective. And then it does help with that kind of culture shift. And, um, and it's great in workshops and stuff as well, because the amount of ideas and kind of uh, like post-it notes and things that get stuck up on the wall, just, just from people being able to actually see it, visualize it. And then it really does kind of spark um, like innovation on not even just kind of like improvements to the customer journey and omni-channel, but also that kind of, how can we try and be a bit more sustainable in this area as well? So. Yeah, it's definitely helped for sure. We're finding it's something that's really impactful. And as a fellow runner of these workshops, I would like to point out that post-it notes are recyclable. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, the amazing topic, super fascinating. I I love like the whole, the whole topic, Uh, full disclosure, my wife just finished her master's degree in this topic. So I I do have a ready reference. (laughs) So (laughs) it's been kind of handy. Um, so uh, we have one standard question that we ask all our guests, okay. and uh, it, it is simply, Christine, what is your standard value? My standard value. Um, <laughs> my, sta- my standard value, this is going to be really cheesy. My standard value is to always try and add value, whether that's value to my clients, value to colleagues at the organization, or value to my customer's customer. So I think always try and try and add value and do good so my 
standard value is to add value. Not Mr. cheesy Lord. at all. Not cheesy <laughs> at all. That's fantastic. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And and thank you again for taking the time to be on Sitecore Standard Values podcast. I, I hope your first podcast episode yep. wasn't painful and in, was indeed enjoyable. Um, thank you again for your perspective on this. I really think there's a huge benefit for that kind of thinking, thinking around all mm -hmm. things, sustainability, ESG, triple bottom line, all, all, yep. all, the, all the different views of this. But uh, I really love the topic and appreciate the insight from you. So thank you again for your time and joining us today on Psych for Standard Values. Oh, excellent. Thank you so much for having me. Cheers. <laughs>